Welcome back to Frank Friar Fridays. This is Father Patrick Bykowskis broadcasting from St. Dominic Priory in St. Louis, Missouri. And welcome back to the second part of our interview with seminarian Mark Hellinger from the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Yes, so theological anthropology, it's taught, I'm, yeah, I, I don't know what all you heard, so I'll just repeat. Uh, theological anthropology was taught by uh, just diocesan priest um, at the Gregorian, and it, it just kind of, it was, it was beautiful as an experience of just kind of a capstone for the last two, two and three years of theology work, but also some of the philosophy work that we had to do um, of just really sort of stepping back and saying, okay, in light of everything that we know about Jesus, about what he told us about himself, what the apostles handed down, what do we, how do we experience what it means to be human? Um, like how does Christ's life model for us what it means to be his creation, uh, as, as man and woman, um, like, what is that experience like? How do we sort of talk about it? What kind of language can we use? Um, one of the kind of themes that we spent a lot of time on was like the definition of person um, and sort of its its development in light of trying to explain the Trinity, but then how it gets applied to, to human persons um, and kind of the differences there. It was just a beautiful course. Um, and it kind of, I guess, I, I guess none of that really probably sounds very practical. Um, however, I, th I found it to be one of the most practical uh, theology courses because it, it just reflected a lot of conversations that I've had with people uh, about faith um, mm -hmm. and about like what it means to be Christian, like what the Christian message is about. Because um, one of my friends has a nice refrain of like, Christianity is not just about avoiding hell. Uh, Christ like Christ says that he came so that we might have life and have it abundantly. Uh, like, it's not just about avoiding yeah. these bad things, but like, it's actually about really coming to a fulfillment of what it means to be a, a creature of God, like a, a child of God, you know, uh, and, and how we live that out. And so it was just a beautiful course. The professor who taught it, uh, is just, is a very holy man, um, and in, inspirational. So his, yeah. his predecessor was actually Cardinal Ladaria, who now is the head of the CDF. So when he was appointed oh. there, he, he left teaching, um, and so this, this priest kind of took over yeah, uh, teaching because yeah. that's what Cardinal Adari used to teach as well there. Well, so. You know, <laughs> it's, it's something certainly that will keep you in good stead in the, ch the challenges that you face. I don't know what kind, you know, I guess you typically would go into a parish ministry and for the, for the diocese. I don't know. Do you have any, what, do you have any thoughts about what you'd most like to do? Um, I, I would like to do the bishop's will. Yeah, good <laughs> so, answer. That's the that's the diocesan that life. Your, do you have that written on your palm? <laughs> no, but I will in a few days. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that could just be my answer to everything. No, but I, I, I you are I, you're a very smart young man already, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank don't you. Don't do yes. this. Don't do this. When I was, I, I heard this story. I don't know if it's apocryphal or not. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, but the same thing could apply to a diocesan priest. I was, I heard a story about one of, it ha, I won't even say what province it is, but it was one of the Dominican provinces and they were at their ordination. And one of the other, the, 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 the ordinance asked the other one, where do you want to go? And he said, well, the last place I want to go is, and then he names the state. Oh. <laughs> and the bit, the provincial was behind him. <laughs> so guess where he ended up? Right you know, there. So, 
Yeah, you want to say the appropriate response for me is wherever the provincial and the needs of the order are, are. That's, that's where I'm going to go. No, yes, exactly. Absolutely. But, you know, if, with respect to your response to this, you know, you're in the theological anthropology class, you know, I think that, that your takeaways from that are going to be very helpful. And, you know, I think about when you're answering that, the, the challenges I have in speaking with young people and their challenges in the faith and being pulled in different directions, a place like Washington, you know, I'm at Washington University now, and a heavily um, science-oriented uh, university, Purdue as well, and the, the, the cultural challenges that people have about right. how to respond to their faith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, how about living in Rome? Any, any real insightful uh, experiences that you've had there that you also, of course, that you could share? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah, the sort of the, when I was asked, when the Bishop asked me if I wanted to go to Rome, my, one of the responses I, I had to that question was, well, why, why do you think it's valuable? Like what, what do you think would be the reasons that someone would want to go? And one of the things that he said was uh, an experience of the universality of the church. And at the time, I mean, my little college seminarian self thought like, what does that even mean? Um, <laughs> 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 it's probably one of those things the bishop has written on his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember thinking like, well, that sounds very nice. Uh, like I could, I, I guess I'll figure out. And he even said, I think at the time, like you'll figure out what that means if you go. Um, and boy, do you, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the, the, the central Rome experience I think is just being there and seeing the church uh, from all over the world gathered together um, and kind of like trying to live together. It's funny because it's like we all share the faith. Um, but, you know, every every different region of the world, every different country has a lot of has a different focus or different problems mm -hmm. facing it. And so in the class, in the classes that I attend at the Gregorian, uh, there's like 120 of us, I think, in the class. And, and we're all from about 30 different countries. Um, and so questions that people will ask sometimes, you know, we look at each other, we're just like, what, how's that a question? <laughs> or, or like, oh, we didn't even think about this aspect of how this, you know, principle or thought sort of affects the, the life of someone. Um, and so just realizing how, how broadly the gospel sort of draws and also the challenges that are faced all over the world kind of help contextualize a lot more of the experience of the life of the church. Um, and so that's sort of, to me, the, the biggest sort of specific experience of Rome um, that is, is sort of an advantage of going there. And I've certainly experienced it just seeing the church gathered uh, with the Holy Father or just in different um, celebrations of different, of different things, like different saints. I, I attended, uh, I happened, I needed to go to a daily mass on Saturday and um, I went to the Jesu the church of the Jesu, which is the mm -hmm. sort of the, it is, I believe this might be wrong. Uh, but again, I'm diocesan. I think it's what Santa Sabina is to the Dominicans. I believe yes. it is to the Jesuits. Yes. Um, I think that's right. Yeah. And so they, they had an ordination and oh man, oh. it was a Jesuit ordination. <laughs> so I didn't even know, <laughs> I didn't even know what was going to happen. And then I walk in and the church is packed and, and here comes oh Ordinandi and, and, you know, a bishop and, 
all these priests and it's just a liturgical potpourri. And I'm just thinking like, man, cause these are, these are Jesuits. They're going all over the world. They're from all over the world. You know, each one was from a different country. And so they kind of incorporated some cultural, um, liturgical expressions. I'll put it that way, uh, into the, the mass for all six of them. And so, yeah, I was just sitting there and just thought, Oh man, you know, this is something that happens in, in Rome and pretty much only Rome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you probably wouldn't even get that. I mean, if, if you had planned it, you probably wouldn't right. be able to. Wow. Exactly. So like those kind of experiences really pull out that, that, that aspect of universality. And then a second sort of part of the, of the Rome experience is, is just like being able to travel in Europe. Because once you're there and sort of you're established in, in Europe, it's really rather inexpensive to kind of travel around and that was kind of the mandate that the bishop gave for to me of you know he's like i want you to go over there to actually experience europe um so you can bring that back oh good uh, sort of preach out of that or or like get the context and so yeah you know just going different places seeing different saints uh different pieces of art um all that kind of stuff is a real advantage and and did you say did you say seeing different saints yeah yeah You've actually uh, run into some saints along the way? Well, I mean, they're relics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that I've run into saints. I just don't know yet. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> One of the things I got to do um, after my first year, because when you go over there, you spend two years away from home. And so you spend the summer between the school years in, in Europe somewhere. And so I spent some time at a language school in northern Italy just to kind of really help cement my Italian. And then I spent a month living with Salesians in Northern Italy, um, doing kind of like a full immersion and helping some oh. of the priests with uh, parish work in, in different in hospitals Where? and things. In Bartolino, it's on Lago di Garda. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So it's sort of on the, the south. The lake region. Yeah. yeah. It's right by uh, Verona. Right. Which, which anyone who loves Dante would know. Of. Right. But yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> So after that, though, I got to I got to do a week long road trip with a friend. We we went to Greece and we we recounted Paul's second missionary journey, uh, the Greece part. Um, oh, nice! In in reverse. So we we flew into Athens and then drove to Corinth, and then we actually added Sparta, um, just because we wanted to go see it, and then went up to Delphi and then drove the coast up to Thessalonica. Um, so we got to, you know, like go and, and we read all of the scriptures that were written to these places or, um, about these. So like, I, I got to stand on the Areopagus and read Paul's, um, oh, his, his address. Today's uh, reading. To the, to the, to the, yeah. So yeah, it was today. Um, yeah. So just those types of experiences, uh, cause you're sitting there and you're on the Areopagus. And you're seeing Paul's words, you're reading them out and you're saying when he says, like, I can see you're a very religious people. You look around and you're you're in the middle of all these temples and you're looking at the Parthenon. And he's just like, yeah, I also can see that these people were rather religious. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of gives a little bit more context to, oh, to sure. some of those things. Sure. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I it yeah, it can it sort of like sounds like, oh, man, this seminarian, you know, live in the living the, the nice life, traveling all these places. But I really do um, kind of view it as this is an opportunity I've been given um, for the benefit of the people that I will preach to uh, right. and, and live with in the future. And so, like, I write down things. I take notes. 
Um, so that the experience isn't lost um, as just like a personal experience of mine, but rather um, in the ways that I can kind of really intentionally bring the people I will serve um, and the people I will be with and preach to, to those different places um, and learn what I can from them so that I can actually <clears throat> more effectively preach the, preach the gospel uh, and live the Christian uh, in those ways. So, you know, I, I think it, it, it is beneficial and, and it, it is helpful and it definitely is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, good. Any favorite gelato places? Um, you know, I'm, a, yes, I'm a big I, fan of gelato, you know. Yes. If I, you didn't know. I, I always see the, the pictures on Facebook. It's been a great pity because I don't think you've been able to be over in Rome uh, while I've been there. No, uh, but I'm so going to be there in April. Yeah, so we'll we'll go to all the all, all right. the gelato places. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we can do, a... you can you can verify what I'm going to say about the the good ones because there's there's well, I I generally go to three, and this is a little little American of me, I guess, because all all of the the guys at the NAC kind of have like these three that we go to, the Frigidarium, uh-huh. over by Chiesa Nuova, and then there's uh, Del Teatro, which is over. Um, kind of off of Piazza Navona as you're walking back to Castel. I know that one very, very well. Okay. Is that, yeah, that one's a good, it's a, it's a really good one. The flavors are very interesting, very interesting flavors. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Old Bridge, which is on your way to the Vatican Museums off the Piazza di Risorgimento. So what's it called? Old Bridge. It's, and that's what it's called in English. Yeah. It's not Ponte Vecchio. Nope. Yeah. It's Old Bridge. Oh, I don't know that one. All right. So, well, we'll we'll try and go there. Okay. Well, and so you're going to be ordained a deacon in 11 days. Yes. <laughs> well, we're going to get everybody praying for you. And then and then are you a deacon for just a year? Or? <clears throat> yeah, I'll be a deacon for a year. And then wow. next next June, Lord willing, I'll I'll be ordained a priest. <clears throat> All right. Well, I, yeah. I I want I uh, <laughs> I hope I get an invitation. I hope it it's open. Yes. Enough so that guests can come. You know, I was I was very impressed by your bishop when yep. <laughs> I went to David Violi's first on two accounts, really. I went to David Violi's ordination. OK. And he's, you know, of course, as as you know, but uh, the listening audience may not that he's a uh, another boiler Catholic who is now a priest of the of the diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. I went to his ordination because I was very close to him and his two roommates who are, one is in, one is a priest now and one is in seminary at mm-hmm. St. Mary's, the three of them. And the bishop came down the line and was in, and uh, was talking to all of his priests. And then he stops and talks to me and had just a very, very nice ex- exchange with him. And I always get from the students who come from that area, from your diocese, when they come to Purdue, they always tell me how, how fondly the bishop speaks of St. Tom's and, mm. and that they, they better be involved at St. Tom's. <laughs> another, another, so I'm a fan of your bishop. I, I am I, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, clearly he's a very intelligent man who sends, sends yes. you to Rome for uh, your, your studies. Well, well, it was either intelligence or he just needed to get rid of me for five years. I don't know. That's, <laughs> I, that was the joke I kept making, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, but you have two more years of studies there, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be I'll be moving to San Anselmo, uh, which is the Benedictine run university oh. and doing and studying sacramental theology. 
So that'll be my the license uh, that I get. Oh, sort of like okay, a, a specializing. Okay. So I'm very excited about it. I hope uh, you're studying the, the Summa Theologica Tertia Pars when you're studying well, sacramental theology. Well, we'll study as much as was written. I mean, Thomas didn't get to finish it. No, so that's true. We that's have to true. we have to fill in the rest. <laughs> be careful what you fill in there <laughs> well uh mark anything any, any any other closing comments you want to make i want to make sure i i uh covered everything that i, think, I yeah. had notes for oh 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 i don't well let me add a couple of things you know okay. a, a very sad thing happened while you were while you've been in studies and your dad uh died um yeah so tell us a little bit about that experience for you of losing a parent while you're in the middle of seminary studies. Yeah. So that happened, it happened the last July. Um, and, and in a sort of, again, I, I guess it's an ironic Providence sort of thing to me. Um, I was actually home, you know, I, afterward, I kind of thought like, Oh man, imagine if this would, like, this would have been much harder if I was over in Rome yeah. while this happened, yeah. um, you know, and coming home, but I was, I was home and I was in Fort Wayne on a summer assignment. So I had just finished Sunday masses and had sat down to, to read a little bit uh, when I got the phone call. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, there, there's a few sort of aspects of that experience um, that I've kind of thought about in the last few, uh, last year here. One is just, you know, It, it, it was a, it was a good sort of challenge to, to my own uh, faith and like my own approach to, to um, like loss or the, the experience of death um, that kind of reminded me to, to kind of like purify the way that I approach that with other people too. So mm-hmm. I've just been asking the Lord, like, okay, out of, out of the things that I experienced in that situation, like, please allow me to be a, a, a better minister to people who experience the same, um, the same, same thing. Um, and I kind of got to, I got that experience actually a few months later, I had another friend whose dad passed away. Um, and so it was just, it was, it was nice because a graced moment to be able to kind of talk to him, um, and recognize like, yeah, we have an insight into each other's experience that other people don't necessarily have. Um, and so there's a connection there that that can actually draw us to a little bit greater greater faith uh yeah. greater trust in in the lord um and so there's th- there's definitely that sort of takeaway i guess from that experience uh is it it's just like in preparation for ministry and being sort of preparing that and then for this to happen um it just is an invitation to a, a renewed um <laughs> sort of reliance on God's grace uh, yeah. and, and a deeper trust too, you know, in, in praying for, for my dad and, and uh, his soul. Uh, I'm just reminded of how important that is and how uh, like the, what the grieving process looks like yeah. uh, and things to kind yeah. of keep you grounded. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, and I think you're, you're, you, you're absolutely onto something there that's going to continue to serve you is that we have all of these life experience, not because God is a utilitarian, he, any, he wants us to suffer in order to be able to use that. But those are life spirit. That's reality. Those are the experiences that we have. How do we learn and grow from that? And then how do we help use those experiences to the benefit of others? And that's right. something, of course, that he wants us to do. And 
your as you were describing your experience in Italy and Rome too, as far as you know the opportunities that you have to take that and use it in your ministry at some point. Yeah, it's all to the good. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, it's been great talking with you. <laughs> you too. Uh, I'll yeah. ask everybody that's on to to pray for you in these next few days before yes, your your ordination to the diaconate, and then. Your, uh, for your last couple of years there. And I look forward to seeing you in April. Yes, uh, <laughs> it will be good. Maybe maybe if uh, if it works out and you, and we could uh, we could record a podcast of, of gelato tastings or something oh, like that. Oh, what a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> we, can, we could go, you know, through the city and we can explain where we are and then, you know, the unique flavor of this particular gelateria. Yeah. And, and, and then we can record your reaction. So. Right, and I think different flavors would have different sounds, you know. Oh, of so course. The pistachio would sound different than the janduya. Oh, of so, course. Yeah. yeah, or the stracciatella. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, if you see if there's any other new places that I I, I need to check out before I okay. get there, but those those I like that I I recommend El Teatro often yeah. to people because it's, it has has such unique flavors. We've been you trying know, to get one some other names. thing about gelato. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's that? Oh, I was just saying we've been trying to get a few other places out of some of our Italian tutors, but uh, they refuse to tell us because they don't want it to be overrun by oh, Americans. Oh, so one day we'll get it. We'll get them and we'll, well figure you know, out. <laughs> a friend of mine sent me an article yesterday in the from the Italian newspapers that the the the, the Italian Senate was passing legislation to ban the use of air being pumped into gelato to make it fluffy. Ah. And I thought. Only if our Congress would only deal with important things like that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that sounds on par for the for the yeah, Italian. Experience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, and also, and and uh, I, just as a personal thing, say please say hi to your family too. I will. Yes. Yeah, well, there. All right. God bless awesome. you, Mark. Take care. Thank you. You too. Thanks very Peace. much. All right. Bye. Bye.